Welcome back, everyone. This is now episode 20 of Wayward. I'm Mark. I'm Zeb. And I'm Kent. And we're here again with Alex. Last week, we were talking about sort of the development of uh, a Christian approach to war through history, the development of a military class within um, especially Western Christian culture. And this week, we're going to kind of more look at an approach to um, violence in the modern world. Um, violence both committed by the state and non-state forces, and some of the challenges for Christians when it comes to approaching violence in in our current time. And I was hoping, Alex, to start, I know you were at Charlottesville yep. about a month ago. So maybe to, could you start by telling us about you, sort of your experiences and your reactions and feelings after, um, after what you saw there? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go sort of in a narrative style, just because yeah. that's how I that's how I think about it. Um, so I arrived there uh, later than expected. Uh, I, I was planning for it to take two hours from DC. It took three. Uh, so I th- there was a group of uh, DSA DC people, um, uh, Democratic Socialists of America, that is, uh, that were that were meeting up there, uh, and we're gonna you know go together. Um, so I got there an hour late. Uh, so I, I'd already missed the gathering and all that. Um, but, uh, this was also, this is also around the time when, uh, the Nazis, you know, firmly got moved somewhere else. Uh, so as I was driving into the city, you know, I just see this long stream of, of guys with, you know, KKK banners and swastikas and all this other sort of shit. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to stop and holler because I didn't want to crash the car. <laughs> well, and, uh, and, you know, and Great Defiance is kind of like the both sides do it. I also want to point out that you did not drive your car into them. No, indeed not. <laughs> the worst I was planning to do was roll down the window and yell something obscene. <laughs> uh, but uh, I went in, uh, parked the car, and uh, there was already, uh, you know, there, there had already been a lot happening. I mean, of course, the night before had been the torch march, and the uh, and the uh, and the the attacks by the by the fascists. Then, um, as I was walking, we were going toward um, uh, we, we were going to meet up at Emancipation Park in Charlottesville, which is a different one. I think it has I think it has or had at this point maybe a uh, statue of Stonewall Jackson in it. Um, but, uh, it, uh, Emancipation Park was sort of the central hub or the, 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 the base of operations for the left groups, uh, in, in Charlottesville. Um, I spent, uh, a lot of my time waiting around there. Uh, it was being patrolled, interestingly, by, uh, Redneck Revolt. Who were who are a um, they grew out of the the John Brown and Gun Club I think uh, but they're 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 a group that is very good uh, they're 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 armed leftists and you know encourage armed leftism which I am completely behind um, not not in the, not in the aim of overthrowing the state but in the in the aim of community defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're 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 a good group. Uh, they were there protecting us because, of course, you know, a lot it, Charlottesville is an open carry city. So anything, anything, you know, anything as long as it's, you know, as long as you're not covering it or attempting to cover it, it's you're good to go. Um, and and I saw some guys, you know, car- 
uh, carrying concealed as well, which again, you know, is, is legal Virginia wide. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so there, there was, it, it was, it was, so I'd, I'd been at the J 20 protests as well. Um, and though I heard, uh, though I heard tear gas grenades going off nearby, uh, there wasn't the same level of tension and just, um, you know, seeming the, the, the J20 was way more ordered. Those of us who were marching protesters, not black bloc protesters, um, or didn't didn't adopt black bloc tactics or property damage or anything like that. Um, you know, it was much it was much calmer. There there, there wasn't uh, there weren't drones flying overhead, at least not that I knew of. <laughs> Uh, which I saw in Charlottesville, um, you know, little quadcopter ones. Uh, there weren't people. There weren't people getting mace rinsed out of their eyes. Um, and yeah, of course, there were. There were. There weren't any guys with rifles really. And there was some security guard uh, in Emancipation Park who kept who kept fingering his pistol, which you know I think legally counts as brandishing. So he should have gotten up but uh i mean you know taken in by the cops because that's that's not like i was i was worried that he was just going to shoot somebody because we were all just standing around but he he was clearly you know concerned enough that he he had to you know show he was he was ready to draw it's like jesus christ well i mean even um, even separate from uh was uh james fields right yeah even separate from him i mean there there's I mean, I've seen you know at least one video of one of I don't know which right wing group was, but actually firing a gun on you know left wing protesters. Yeah, that guy was a was a KKK uh, wizard of some kind. Um, yeah, that, so that there was that guy. There was that incident. Um, other than that, though, uh, around I mean, where I was, it was quite quiet. I I I, I wasn't in the shit. Um, uh, at that point, then DSA came back. They had been out marching, um, so they came back, and we all kind of regrouped. Uh, the Wobblies were there, you know. Socialist Alternative was there. All the, you know, uh, the, the usual, the usual suspects, so to speak. Uh, but then DSA decided to go out. We we'd heard there was a uh, there was a lower income and largely minority community to the uh, to the south of where we were, and we'd heard that some fascists were trying to like basically, you know, attack people in that neighborhood. Uh, and we had confirmed reports and all that. And, um, our, our, um, so communication was sort of sometimes spotty cause it was with cell phones, uh, or radios, but, but a lot of the time we still, you know, sort of managed to organize ourselves pretty quickly. And we got a, we got a small march going, uh, down that way. Uh, then when we actually reached the community, uh, it turned out they'd handled it themselves. So we just sort of quietly walked past them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was just, it was just like, you know, we, we, we all got, we all got stopped by one of our leaders and then she said, you know, all right, we're just going to be quiet. You know, no slogans. They're fine. Just keep on walking. Uh, and then we then we spotted the BLM and uh, I and Wobbly group um, that was marching down. That was marching closer to the uh, well in in the really city center part of. Uh, and we, we hadn't we hadn't gone very far, uh, but deeper in the city center part of Charlottesville. So. The DSA joined up with them, and we all kind of, you know, got together in this in this one really big column. Uh, and as the head of the column was rounding was rounding a corner, I hear all of these bangs, which I which we assumed immediately were tear gas grenades, and so we all scattered. Um, and DSA, all of us went together to this side building, which was, you know, uh, or. or, or underneath this overhang of a building which had you know pillars and stuff so we were we were we, you know we were sheltered we were it was easy to count off and all that sort of thing uh but that ha that was uh that was the attack uh the, the car attack mm -hmm. um and so that was you know initially we were just confused um 
and uh, we 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 you know from from people that had been that ran back from the site of the attack, uh, you know we heard that it that that somebody ran a car into a bunch of people. Um, we didn't know anything else, but we knew that you know that was the time for us to leave. Um, so everybody in DSA got into their cars and left. Um, I stuck around a little bit longer because uh, I was going. I, I, I wasn't going back to DC, so I'd come. I'd come alone, and I was going to leave alone. Uh, but yeah, there, there. You know, I, I waited to watch the paramedics arrive and all this sort of thing. But it was, it was a really. I mean, you know, it, it was, you know, as as terrifying as you know, un un. Uh, you know, un- unseen and unexpected violence can be, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, but but you know, our our group wasn't, you know, I don't, there weren't, there weren't even any really Nazis close by us um, until the car. You know, <laughs> it, we were we were walking through one of the main streets in Charlottesville, which is a walking street, I think, or no, we'd made it a walking street. Uh, but anyway, um, but you know, there was there was nothing nothing really going on. We were just shouting slogans and, and walking and, um, yeah. So. And I, I suppose just to clarify, um, for anyone who is listening just, you know, if they hadn't heard what had happened out of Charlottesville that weekend, um, during the various protests towards, you know, late, later in the day, um, yeah, there was, there was this, uh, young, you know, Nazi wannabe who was about 20 years old, I think, um, who drove his car into, the crowd of you know unarmed protesters and it was a few dozen who were injured um and one woman heather Heyer, was actually killed um yeah. in in the process um and this is you know sort of what sparks off a lot of uh a lot of these conversations about um about violence because you know just even you know just being present at these things um it became clear you know that that puts you at a certain level of you know risk of being murdered for you know want of a better term nazi sh- yeah um but so sort of once you kind of found out what was going on what were your what were your initial like sort of like personal feelings and reaction to this i mean my i i guess my first feeling was you know uh immense immense sadness for the people that were injured and of course for for heather higher um but it was also um i mean it, it, it sort of it sort of solidified to me that you know our our struggle is righteous and our you know a, a sort of analogy that i had used to describe it to another people is that you know uh a cornered rat is most dangerous. Like you're, if, if they, if they feel ideologically threatened enough that they, that they, you know, need to start killing us. Um, you know, that's, that means that we're winning. Um, and so, you know, for, for whatever fear and sadness that 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 I you know that welled up at me in fr- at first, um, it was sort of overcome by the immense feeling of solidarity uh, that I got from my comrades, um, and also I, uh, I I texted my priest <laughs> right after that, and you know he was he was you know as supportive as he could be. Um, but um you know he was because he was so far removed from it, it you know it may, maybe if maybe if i had found an orthodox priest in charlottesville that would have been that would have been more fruitful mm-hmm. but um but yeah so it's it's you know i i i wound up uh you know le- leaning on on uh, fellow leftists or, or just, just people who, you know, are not, are not either, you know, idiots or, or the worst of the worst. Um, you know, people, people that I could talk to, to, you know, uh, 
deal with my feelings on that. So, what were your thoughts when you came in? Uh, what were your views on things like Antifa and the use of street violence to quarantine or deplatform the alt right? And then did that change at all after the events of the weekend? Mm, um, I would say that. Um, I, I had heard some bad things about Antifa in Europe, um, especially in Germany. Not so much in in Britain, uh, especially because you know in, in the BNT and in UKIP, Britain had a very active and 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 surprisingly, uh, shall we say, um, surprisingly well supported Nazi Party, uh, or 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 mm, not, I mean you know they were they. BNP, sure, but, but UKIP is more sort of just broad white nationalist. Um, anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I had largely positive associations with anti-fascists in, in the United States. Um, I, I have some friends who either have been or, you know, now, now are again or are still anti-fascists, so I, I'd had you know, contact with them in the United States. Um, or, you know, had come out of the same skinhead culture and were very resentful of, of the whole, you know, the whole association of being a skinhead with fascism. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all, um, it, it was familiar for me uh, in a way that I guess it wouldn't have been for a lot of other people. Um and my feeling on street violence was, um, you know, essentially that uh, a punch is different from a stab. You know, it's it's I, I, I I'm comfortable with a level of street violence, especially especially towards people whose ideology is explicitly not just not just approving of violence, but uh sees it as a central tenet and, and, you know, the, the, not just, not just, not just defensive violence, you, you know, but defend, but, but, uh, sort of un, unprovoked violence against, you know, all other groups. Um, yeah, I had, I had, I have no problem with, with them getting, you know, their blocks knocked off. Um, at the same time, of course, you know, there are limits to that. Um, and with it's, it was sort of interesting. And one thing I wanted to sort of comment on is in Charlottesville, um, it was it, the way, you know, Redneck Revolt in particular, but the way armed groups sort of congregated and developed is that you would have guys armed with firearms open firearms, concealed firearms you can't really account for, but open, open, openly bearing firearms. Um, and the, t the two groups would stay pretty, in, you know, quite intentionally separate from one another uh, because nobody wants it to kick off. Um, so when you have, you know, a, that kind of, that kind of, mutual battle avoidance, which is, you know, within, within medieval conduct of war, interestingly, when you have that kind of mutual avoidance of, 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 of fighting, of battle, then you end up with sort of a war of position where, you know, all right, well, we have our armed guys, you know, guarding this park or that park or, you know, blocking off this street or present in, with this group of marchers. So we know that they're not going to, you know, like I say, like like you know, like Mark emphasized, we were you know that protest column that uh, that was attacked was unarmed, um, and honestly, you know, I, I don't really think somebody being armed would would have helped the situation really, um, because you know, with a, with a vehicle like that, unless they were at the head of the column, uh, you'd be firing into a crowd essentially. Um, so, 
you know that that's that's a that's a topic for uh, a, a different uh, a different podcast, which uh, will be coming out eventually. But um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so so yeah, I, I you know I support community defense um, and I support individual gun ownership. Um, you know, with not 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 un, not unlimitedly and not with you know with, with with legal restrictions, but I think I think the right to self defense is a fundamental human one. Um, so, so how do you reconcile that with um, sort of Christian teachings on pacifism? Yeah, uh, I, I I haven't really figured that one out yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know the best way the best rationalization I've come up with it I've come up with for it is um, if you look at when Simon Peter cuts off the ear of the servant um, Christ's admonition uh, is not for him to never carry a sword again it's to put it away because basically this was his time you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I think, you know, in an ideal way, um, there is room for defense of another, but the example of, you know, being struck on the cheek, I think is 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 interesting in that it is an example of violence being done to your person um and i think there's a stronger case for community defense than there is for self-defense even uh within the christian tradition i think i think there is a stronger case for defending those um who cannot defend themselves um from from aggression because if you if if you defend yourself you know you end up you can end up with situations like you know 16th century 17th century europe where dueling becomes a regular you know a regular occasion and you got tons of people just killing each other all the time um within these legally sanctioned parameters um and you know that's not perfect, and I'm not going to pretend that that's a that's a that's a great answer. But that's 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 what I have sort of managed to piece together so far. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the sort of struggles for me, or at least one of the ways I've been trying to work it out, is you know I feel personally much more comfortable taking you know saying that well I can choose to be pacifist or not, and I I can't really justify putting that. Making that same demand on other people, and I feel mm-hmm. at least you know in the context of certainly you know current political violence, a large part of that is that you know I'm a you know straight white guy from America who mm-hmm. is you know I'm in I'm hardly you know like the greatest physical specimen ever, but like I'm in okay shape and like I'm taller than most people. Like you know a slap on the cheek is not really a threat to me. Mm-hmm. You know. Even even if it were like a police officer who was starting mm-hmm. to like get a little bit rough with me, I wouldn't really be worried in the same way that mm-hmm. like – I mean if I were black and the moment a police officer put, puts hands on me, I mean this suddenly becomes you know a much more grave and threatening yeah. situation than it is yeah. for me now. Um, so you know, on one hand, I'm very cautious and suspicious – you know, even of what very you know well-meaning calls to Christian pacifism, um, mm-hmm. but I also see it as kind of one of the opportunities for um, people like me, I guess, mm-hmm. um, just to be kind of in that front and center kind of role. You know, even if, you know if it's just a matter of someone hitting me with either you know a you know, either slapping me or hitting me with tear gas or a, you know, billy club or whatever else. Cause like, mm-hmm. honestly, I'll be fine. And I'm yeah. not, I mean, I'm and both in like a physical sense. And I'm not going to get arrested for that kind of violence either. Like I'm like the safest person involved in <clears throat> mm-hmm. all of these sorts of things. Um, there was an article that, um, 
I saw like a, a blog piece I saw by it was like a um like a Lutheran minister or seminary, somebody from California who had actually gone out to Charlottesville. Mm. Um and he had titled it something to the effect to the or like the tagline was something to the effect of white Christians, if you're not willing to take a bat to the face, it's time to shut up about Antifa. Yeah. Um, I saw that. I mean that 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 was one of my I mean he certainly you know, is a little bit forceful and dramatic in that line but like that was one of sure. the actual piece itself I think was actually a very good and very thoughtful response to you know how he was kind of reconciling his um his own personal feelings cuz he and there was actually a, you know a group of clergy significant group of clergy who um turned out at Charlottesville and well, yeah, um, Redneck know, Revolt and, and Antifa protected them. Because exactly. The yeah. Were, you know, um, and what I liked about what this guy pointed out was that, you know, the clergy were able to maintain their pacifist stance because other people were willing to stand in between, you know, in between them and, you know, all these sort of white nationalists who feel empowered. Um, yeah. And like, the, the, I mean, the threats have been going, like they've been like, I mean, they, they've been, white nationalists have been calling into Charlottesville church for past few days, making threats, that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it was a very much an existential threat going on there. Yeah. And the clergy were not, you know, taking an actual, you know, forceful stance. Um, but they were also kept safe because other people were willing to, to take on, take on that role. Um, and as far as, you know, the responsibility of whom that should fall on, um, you know, kind of in the sense of, you know, going back when we were talking about like, uh, you know, purity and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to keep like violence separated from the, from the sacraments, um, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I would recommend to anyone to go out and start, you know, getting in street fights with, you know, every suspected racist you see. Um, But for anyone listening, you know, better you than a clergy member to get drawn into this. Like, the the clergy have sacramental responsibilities. um, And... Well, but uh, I, I, you know, to sort of argue counter to that, I mean... Like, we, you know, I, 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 I am more or less agreed with you that, that Antifa did, did, you know, they, they sacrificed their, you know, passivity or, or, you know, any, any feeling of pacifism to them, which, you know, it is, it is, I mean, again, this is, this is sort of linking the spiritual and the physical, you know, fighting is, spiritually harmful in that way um and it, and it and that manifests physically in how you know people react to fighting i i would say but um you know there is there is the argument that well they didn't have to you know they could have they could have followed the examples of the early martyrs and just you know resisted passively but or you know not or not resisted at all be you know so but i think i think that I'm I'm coming sort of to the conclusion that that was valuable when Christians were, you know, when when, it, when there was a much more individual basis for Christianity. If you see what I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, the community of the church was was more disparate and not in positions where, I mean, you know, it was it was largely in positions where the deaths of individuals wouldn't have the same ripple effects as they do now. Um, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stand firm on that, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say there is the argument that could have, that could be made that, you know, Antifa didn't need to do that. Um, if the clergy wanted to, you know, accept, accept whatever violence uh, the fascists, you know, imparted on them. Um, I, th- I think I think it's important not to treat that as completely 
beyond c- completely beyond what could ever be expected of us. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Like that option, that option, you know, I don't think it would have been the right one, but that option existed. Um, and there's, there's, you know, theological and historical precedent for that mode. Um, I, I do see what you're saying, but just to drag it back to the, especially things specifically about um, white Christians in this context, the the struggle again for me um, is not not that I disagree with your points, especially certainly not you know from a very general perspective. Um, yeah. But the reality of it is, this is a a conflict about racism and white yeah. nationalism and yeah. um you know racial superiority and so i just personally cannot reconcile myself um and i mean i know many of the clergy members were white as well but you know cornell west was like oh, one yeah, of the big names great. like i I, I you know personally cannot reconcile myself to saying that there is any circumstance under which you know people of color or women you know, need to actually bear the brunt of the sins that, you know, our white patriarchal system has created. And many of them historically have, and they are held up as martyrs and heroes. And I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not questioning the nobility and glory of their deeds. Sure. But I personally cannot just get on board with, yeah, saying that. To them. Well, and 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 it's different, right? So modern, you know, white nationalism or fascism as ideologies are different from anything that comes before them, uh, really. In, in well, maybe not anything, but but pretty close to anything, uh, like. You know, using using the example of uh, Alexander Nevsky, uh, he resisted the Germans and he and, he, and the Swedes and the Lithuanians for for more pertinent territorial reasons. Um, but he resisted the Germans because they, you know, wanted to, and you know, not to not to start a fight, but he they wanted to, you know, destroy the church. From from his perspective, um, you know the, the the Teutonic Knights and the sword, you know, or the Sword Brothers of Livonia, as I think it was at the time. Um, you know, they they presented what you know would be seen as as a kind of broader existential threat, not just you know, oh well, they're going to kill me, but oh well, they're going to try and you know they're going to be able to pretty much eradicate the church in this in this area um, or they're going to try to um, and so I think I think when you when you're faced with uh, but 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 it, and sorry to, to finish that thought but he he uh, he essentially su- he submitted to the to the Tatars to to the Mongols uh, because they didn't present that same kind of threat um, and also because they were way more powerful, but mm-hmm. you know. They're, 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 but I don't. I don't think the. I, I mean, I, I think the religious side is also worth considering because his his, you know, his brothers and his family had resisted for territorial reasons, for reasons of temporal power. Um. But uh, but but, you know, when that was clearly not, no longer viable. The, the religious issue wasn't wasn't there in the same way. The con, the the cons, you know, sort of let them do mostly whatever, just as long as they paid tribute and sent soldiers, more or less. Um, which is, you know, obviously still oppression, but it's not not in the same way. It's not the same kind of threat. And so I I, I think that the Nazis present a an, an even more dire threat um, in terms of their you know, because you can't, you can't, you can't be forcibly converted to being white. Um, you know, and 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 
there's there's more you know it, it's an even it's an even broader and more aggressive ideology than than the kind of crusading ideology that the that the Teutonic Knights adopted. Um, so I think and and there's also the question of you know viability of tactics. I think the I think you know because Nazis fascists generally worship aggressive violence um i think showing them to be powerless to enact that kind of violence by you know performing performing you know even even small acts of violence against them like i mean hell even you know even that wimpy punch that richard spencer got <laughs> you know that that really undermined them in a big ideological way and the fallout from charlottesville it's it has been really really the one time they really commit you know a real act of aggressive violence it's it's created a lot of um fractures within within that group writ large and i mean they never liked each other anyway because you know when you have a bunch of you know megalomaniacs hanging out together uh there's there's you know it's it's one of the it's one of the things that is is more convenient about evil is that evil people all hate each other <laughs> um it's when you it's when you get it's when you get um people who aren't actively you know actively horrible in that way to go along with them um, that 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 shit really starts to get bad. And there's a couple of books. Uh, one I'm going to look it up real quick because it's a really good recommendation. Uh, it's called Ordinary Men, um, and it's by Christopher Browning, and it's a very very good examination of this of this uh, reserve police battalion. Uh, in 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 the here in the army that uh in the german army in the second world war that carried out the final solution and he looks through you know all these personal letters uh all this all these other sources and 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 he finds that only and these guys were not frontline fighters they were they were you know rear rear you know they're they're, they're a police battalion and they're a reserve police battalion at that you know they're they're they they'd just been pulled out of being you know janitors or you know administrative guys or whatever you know they're not they're not you know battle hardened but they but they carried out this you know they 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 pulled the triggers um and the sort of the sort of motivations very few of them were were really really committed nazis um a lot of the a lot of their motivations were closer to uh either ideas of honor or like not wanting somebody who is their friend to have to do it alone you know all of these all of these entangling motivations mm-hmm. um and it's when it's when you and it's when you get that kind of social impetus that's that's when shit really gets dangerous um not when it's just psychos in the street uh fucking around and that's 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 really the goal of anti-fascist violence is to, is to prevent, you know, that that's why it needs to be kept, you know, at a at a fairly low level. You can't you can't go too wild with it. But but it, that's why I don't believe it's it's serving the purpose. You know, people say some people say it's serving the Nazis. It's not. Right. But it is it is keeping it is keeping them from you know deplatforming and all this other sort of thing, and and all this other sort of stuff is keeping them from ever getting normalized to the point that people who should know better go along with it because everybody else is doing it, you know? Mm. Um, so how, how do you, um, or how does a person engage in that resistance to this stuff and engage in, in community defense while um, maintaining the love for enemy that we're expected to maintain as Christians? You know, how do you, how do you knock a yeah. Nazi's block off while also um, loving him? <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 again, that's a very good question that I don't have a great answer to. Um, that, so, you know, you can weigh it, 
you can weigh it as the as serving your neighbor. You know, I mean, it's loving. This doesn't directly answer loving loving your enemy, but you know, one way you could look at it is almost a utilitarian way, where you're weighing how many people you're loving on one side, and you know, whether whether regardless, you know, whether or not they they care about you directly, you're still, you know, I don't I don't know, you know, I I never knew. Heather, Heather Heyer, but, you know, I knew, uh, or, 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 you know, any other guy who, who might be a victim of, of fascist violence necessarily, you know, and any of the other victims like the, the, the people, you know, the people that have been stabbed and all those sort of stuff, but it's, you know, there's, there, even, even though, even though they aren't my enemy, which is, I guess, you know, I guess a greater, value you could say uh there's still people that that you know it's not it's not the it's not the opposite side which is of what um of what worth is it to love people who love you right they they aren't people who love you they're they're strangers so to speak but 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 you're you're a neighbor to them in in doing that mm-hmm. um so you know that is a mitigating thing i would say but at the same time you know that doesn't address directly the the, the core issue and I would say, you know, I, I mean, this is this is sort of a Weasley argument to make, but I'll throw it out there just to just to see if anybody picks it up. Um, you could say that, you know, you're loving them in that you're hitting them now so you don't shoot them later. <laughs> um, well, I don't think that's entirely trivial. I don't know if you guys saw there was, um, for example, there was like one video of some you know young guy who was at Charlottesville and. You know, he was busily taking off his like white nationalist outfit mm-hmm. um, and radically disavowing because he made he was just there because he liked to offend people and he thought it was funny. Yeah. And yeah, he's, yeah, you yeah. know, some young, dumb kid. Um, maybe, you know, he's not that young, but like, I mean, people do come to beliefs and ideologies through a number of different ways. And, yeah. you know, culture and, you know, cultural you know, interests is, is, you know, one of the things um, that can lead to things. And, like, I mean, he thought that this was all for, you know, all for fun. Yeah. And he found out that he was going to have to either get fully on board with yeah. some, you know, Nazi race war or it was time to get out now. And, mm-hmm. you know, there were leftists following him with cameras asking him what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And that was one humiliating day in his life. But yeah. on the plus side, he's not a Nazi now. Yeah. Um, and there is, you know. Yeah. And, corrective... and, and sorry, you, I was. I, was uh, saying, I, was... I mean, cor- you know, corrective, corrective force or you know, deterrent force. Um, mm-hmm. You know, can I think have some, you know, some positive. Yeah. Regards to then, you know, you mentioned how you know even like that pathetic, you know, that that hit on Richard Spencer. Not and actually, neither of the punches were that great. Um, but like well, that one dude who got knocked out in Seattle was that was a pretty good okay, one. That was that you know that that's the one you study for how to punch a Nazi properly. <laughs> um, but like you know you you mentioned that like this also kind of forces people to confront that this you know especially in America we're kind of trying to be taught that this is like you know we're in the end of history and it's all just yeah. a a civilized debate of Race ideas. Is over. Um, but like, I mean, racism is alive and well, people are being murdered in the streets by white nationalists and the sooner people are forced to address that reality, the better for them, the better Mm -hmm. for their neighbors, the better for everyone. And Mm -hmm. we're even seeing, you know, a lot of like the big name alt-right people who, you know, shit's gotten too real for them. And they realize like... For most of my life, the right had a monopoly on physical toughness and violence. Mm-hmm. Like the left, the left were all pussy snowflakes who were all like, you know, kind of like scrawny vegans and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, take yeah, a yeah. fight. And now it's all like, oh, big, scary Antifa are going to show up and like rough you up if you try and like, you know, say something racist. So you better be scared. And like, 
there's something to be said for the fact that, like, you know, showing people that, you know, those who are fighting against racism are not just these kind of, like, sad, lame nerds. Like, these are people who are actually willing to, you know, go out in the streets and... Put their bodies on the line. Yeah, put their bodies on the line. And also, you know, the people who want to go out in the streets and try and start a fight with them have better be ready to do the same. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and... You know, there's there's this. I think it might have been Umberto Eco, but it, it was somebody. But but fascism and reaction generally always see their threats as both, you know, completely feeble and, and debased, and also overwhelmingly strong. Yeah, it's Echo. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I think I think even in the '90s that was true to a degree because you have patriot fiction uh i mean god ruby ridge was was a very formative moment in that sort of movement but um but yeah you have you have this fear of you know the the blue helmets the un coming in and the atf and all these other sort of you know agents of the state but it was it was but but you still have you know the stereotype you're talking about of the you know um rail thin you know if fat and feckless, uh, uh, you know, ex hippie or whatever, um, as the as the opponent, you know. So there's 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 two there's two um, there's two sides to it, um, you know. So even though the actual brain of the left was the was the weak was the weak form, it still had the power of physical force through law enforcement. Um, and foreign law enforcement, if need be, in in this sort of crazy, crazy, you know, notional notional world. Um, but yeah, the, it is it is good that it's it that that now the, the the idea that the left can apply force directly is 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 there now, especially because it forces, um, it it for, it it create it, it creates solidarity i mean you know being able to knowing that the guy who's right next to you has your back uh if if needs be you know is is immensely reassuring um and so it it, it emboldens the left largely uh but but also you know one of the things that i i sort of have glided by but it needs to be enumerated is we're we're talking about violence within really Augustine's framing of proportionality. We're not we're not saying that you know somebody who flies a Nazi flag should get gunned down in the street um, because we're not to that point where uh, where where the viol- where the violence that accompanies that flag flying you know is 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 concomitant mm-hmm. we're not we're, we're advocating very proportional violence to you know you know you might get socked if you if you if you go around advocating you know genocide that's not i don't think that's you know and 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 getting socked is different from you know attacking your family or, you know, getting your, getting your legs broken or, you know, like it's, 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 it's such a, I mean, yeah, it's violence, but it's not, it could, it could be so much, it could be, have so many more consequences than it does. Um, so on the, the topic of Augustine, cause the, the other really interesting point, um, mm-hmm. and maybe I are, last sort of point before we start to work towards a close here mm-hmm. um you know a, a big part of augustine's just war theory is about you know legitimate versus non-legitimate uh authority authority and i mean one of the things that i at least i personally struggle with um within uh our current system with you know living in america and mm-hmm. just modern nation states and mm-hmm. in general is like i cannot bring myself to recognize the American government as a legitimate authority. I mean, I, I know too much about what the police force, especially in, um, in Baltimore here 
have done. There is right. nothing about this this authority that I recognize as as legitimate. Well, yeah, and the I mean. I'm not going to go that far because I work for the government, but, um, <laughs> I don't need more. So, well, but, uh, exactly. uh, I, what I would say is that the, I mean, you know, that, that's really a big flaw in Augustine's whole, whole argument about uh, that, that centers it around authority is what happens when you can't tell who's the legitimate authority. Um, and, you know, the, the only, I mean, the, 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 in a, in a better world, you know, we'd be able to identify because, you know, they were democratically elected and they represent, you know, these things and all this other sort of stuff, you know, we'd have, we'd have a much better concept of that, but, with things like voter suppression, uh, you know, dem- democracy itself is being undermined. I mean, hey, you know, the 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 damn um, oh, electoral college itself, you know, undermines democracy. So you know, it's it's it it, it these these sorts of things. But but uh, but I'm personally, you know, deciding that that makes an authority legitimate. Like at, at the end of the day, you kind of have to, you know, you, you basically just have to look at the examples. You, you, you know, or, or or work with the examples that you have from scripture, from the saints, from you know your own community, and kind of work from there. And as a consequence of that, you know, I have, you know, I talked about sort of ultimate sympathy earlier, and that's why I feel very strongly about, um, peop- you know, when you have circumstances where people don't have. You know, from our perspective, right belief or, you know, have not been exposed to right belief in the same way. Um, It's, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, we would like for them to know better, but maybe they don't for for very, you know, for reasons that we can't really extricate them from or don't know how to extricate them from. And it's it's it's, you know, it's part of that sort of tangled web of humanity where, um you kind of just have to stick to your guns and hope they come around to it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that is really valuable about not compromising with people. Um, I mean, you know, that, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why uh, compromise as an end of itself from the, you know, from really, really it only developed in like the nineties I mean, the 80s, the 80s, the Democratic Congress was hostile to to Reagan. Um, but because he, you know, notionally won the Cold War, uh, it all became about cooperation and compromise as opposed to, you know, ideological competition. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's a... It's it's a hard it's I mean it's a hard thing to it's a hard nut to crack, uh, is, is the best I can say right. I guess. Um, um, yeah. You you had uh, mentioned when we were preparing for all this um, the you know the the famous line taken from Matthew about live by the sword die by the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you were talking about some of these things, it kind of put it into my mind, and I've been kind of running it through because I, I, I went back and I checked in. Um, I mean, certainly you know, I'm, it's a fine translation and much smarter people have chosen that translation than mm-hmm. I have, but the, mm-hmm. the Greek itself, the Koine, it's all who take up the sword will die by the sword. Um, mm. So it's certainly, you know, there, there are certainly additional layers to the live by the sword, die by the sword, um, a proverb but um in the sense of wrapping up you know the past two weeks of episodes going you know even all the way back to um to saint basil what he's talking about like uh there there is a reality that becoming involved in 
this violence will cost you something even as um even you know seeming as the the victor whether it's you know a a grand war or a street fight where you punch out yeah. a Nazi just by by taking up physical force there is something in you that you know there's something in you that will die um, yeah well that's I mean you know and that's I think back to the therapeutic notion of Christianity or, or the, the you know the therapeutic or um, the notion of sin within theosis is that and and that's that's what I would sort of say is that um, I, you know going going with the more common translation of live by the sword die by the sword if you devote yourself to violence in that way you know you are killing yourself spiritually I mean you know you'll 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 suffer spiritual death which is arguably what hell is um, so. That's, you know, that I, I think that is one one way of looking at it. Um, I, I lean I lean towards generally the notion that um, taking up the sword is, I mean, you know, you could you could you could get really really uh not pretentious but like um theoretical with this and say well maybe maybe those who maybe it was a you know prediction of martyrdom and those who live by the spiritual sort of christianity you know sell your cloak and buy a sword um or i have not i have come you know not to bring peace but a sword that 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 sword that metaphysical sword um might lead to death by the physical sword that's you know I'm I'm being I'm being very very uh, fast and loose here, um, a more a more a, a closer to what I really believe is that, um, yeah it is what you were saying that taking up the sword does kill part of you and it is also that you know living by the sword to take that view is to view violence not as um, a a last resort but to view it as something you know s- something worth uh worth undertaking in its own right you know to to, li- to live by the sword means not to view violence as um uh, a sad uh a sad reality of our fallen state um and you know uh, an ultimate an, an, uh, a, f- a final um, tool um, when everything else has been expended, but to view it as uh, either you know the, the the default or to view it more eagerly uh, than it deserves. So that's what I'd say. Nice. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on to talk. With this about this, I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm, we're really glad you finally did it. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. This is especially bringing all the medieval stuff, you know, very much relevant to my interests. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and especially getting to go back and read a couple of things that you sent, like because I haven't looked at a lot of that in a long time. Um, mm. So this was fantastic, and thank you so much, Alex. Um, I will post uh, if you can send me just the like the link to the book you helped author. I will post that in like oh. our episode description and all that yep. yep um so people who want to read more about what you um what you've done can mm-hmm. do that um otherwise yeah uh i'll just i'll just point out i uh i co-edited the book i co-edited is on uh the gulf war so 91 uh, <laughs> rather different from <laughs> the high middle ages it's hum- humanity is a static <laughs> reality it will be it's it's and I took a class in college about actually I did take a class I literally took a class in college about the Gulf War and it was Greek warfare but you know mm. it's if it's all the same it's all the same. <laughs> all right. Um. But no, we really appreciate you coming all on right. for this. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Unless you have anything else, um, you're welcome back anytime to talk to us more about leftism and violence in history. (laughs) 
I, I think I've exhausted that topic for now. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe in a year. Uh, <laughs> but if I come back, I'll probably talk about something else. So, but thank you again. It's been a real pleasure. All right, sounds good. Thank you so much, Alex. Have a good night. Yeah. Man. Thanks. You Take too. care. Have a good night, guys. From all of you good workers, good news to you I'll tell Of how the good old union has come in here to dwell Which side are you on? Which side are you on? My daddy was a miner and I'm a miner's son And I'll stick with the union till every battle's won which side are you on? Which side are you on? They say in Harlan County there are no neutrals there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Oh, workers, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Don't scab for the bosses. Don't listen to their lies. Us poor folks haven't got a chance unless we organize. Which side 